We are living in a very weird time where if you don't accept lies, believe lies, well, you could find yourself out of a job or maybe, maybe even canceled. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the Wednesday edition of Truth to Ponder. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Ran across a couple of stories a few days ago I wanted to quickly share with you at the beginning of the program today. And it really shows, in no uncertain terms, where we live at. The headline says, Facebook is pressured to censor more climate change skepticism. Did you hear that? Facebook. And of course, that's all social media. And they're more than happy to go into lockstep with this because... They're firm believers in climate change. Even though all the radical predictions made of doom and gloom for the last 50 years have never come to pass. I mean, the days have come and gone years ago of dire predictions that were not true. Yet we're told we still must believe the narrative of climate change. And see... What they want to do, and also vaccine skepticism and anything else, if you don't follow in lockstep the narrative of the day when it comes to climate change, vaccine skepticism, what's happening in the Ukraine, and on and on the list goes. Insurrection on January 6th of 2021. I mean, all of it. If you don't believe exactly as you've been told to believe, they want to censor you. They want to shut you up. And what's worse is that we send our children to schools where they're teaching the same stuff, including gender fluidity, all of it. We've discussed it many a time on this program. Increasingly, you must buy a singular narrative or your voice will be silenced. And eventually, I fear it's going to extend itself into what's going to be called a social credit score may affect your ability to buy a house or a car or anything else down the road. It's coming to that day where you're going to be controlled in everything you think, do, and say. And if you obey, well, then you're allowed to to go to the grocery store. You're allowed to get prescription drugs if you need them, whatever the case may be. Now, today in the program, being Wednesday we have our guest host, Jim Calhoun. And Jim has shared with me a couple of things, and part of what he'll be talking about today, besides some of the bullying that goes on in schools, one of the things nearest and dear to my heart, which is getting our children out of these public indoctrination centers, find Christian schools, homeschools, whatever it takes. Here's Jim Calhoun. Thank you, Bob. And once again... It's great to be back on Truth to Ponder. Well, I have two subjects I'm going to talk about today, and both subjects are very near and dear to my heart. And while I like to give updates on transmitters and talk about some lighter things, I think today I'm just going to get right to the point. We're suffering from mental illness all throughout the world right now. And some of the mental illness is self-imposed, but a lot of it is condoned by society or people are 
let's say, driven to madness, so to speak, just by how they're treated. And we have a lot of things happening right now that are considered normal, that are anything but normal. We have a lot of insanity in our government. And I think that it's very easy for me to point out some of that insanity. The Secretary of Transportation, Mr. Buttigieg, has went on and publicly claimed that some of the bridges and highways in the United States were built because of racism and were built and designed to be racist. He thinks that some of the lower overpasses we have in this country were designed to kill what he said were black people and Puerto Ricans because the whites would make those two groups sit in the top half of the bus like a double-decker bus and that bus wouldn't have the clearance and so it would smash the whole top of the bus off thereby harming or killing the people in the bus. Do you believe that? Do you believe any engineer at all would consider building anything unsafe for one group of people? Do you think any engineering company would purposely design something unsafe? Of course they wouldn't. And how many double-decker buses have you seen outside of England? I haven't seen many, and the ones I have seen are novelties in tourist places, and they're buses that were brought over from England. So to say that American roads have bridges and overpasses that are designed to basically decapitate the upper half of a double-decker bus is insane. But what is more insane is this narrative isn't challenged. So where are the quote-unquote sane people in Washington, D.C.? Where are they? They're silent. This deranged man also said that some of our highways were built so they could divide black parts of town from white parts of town, that they purposely ran a highway to divide the people. Well, Mr. Buttigieg, what you do is divide the people with your statements. You're the divider, not the designers. Years and years of planning go into building a road and a bridge, and an overpass, very competent professionals who know what they're doing design the roads and highways, bridges, and overpasses to the best of their ability for everyone, for the public, not just for one ethnic group. And we have all these woke people all through the government right now, and there's example after example of insanity. But that's just the latest one I could find. And what this insanity in government is doing is it's causing something called a precedence to happen. Now a teacher in a black school can say that the Secretary of Transportation of the United States of America claims that the roads, bridges, and overpasses are racist. And that just adds fuel to the fire. So you have a little kid there, let's say he's 10 years old, and he's told that 
These white people hate you so much, they designed the bridge to kill you. They designed the road to kill you. When the child respects the teacher, and the teacher has basically the authority to teach that when you have the Secretary of Transportation come out with such insanity. Can you see where I'm going with this? It's something that feeds upon itself, and it's like oscillation, or better known as feedback, on a microphone. That's when a microphone picks up a signal, and then it reamplifies that same signal. That's why a mic will squeal and make that loud, high-pitched sound that everyone hates. That's called oscillation, because the microphone is actually feeding upon itself. That's what's happening to lots of our society. And that brings in the main thing I want to talk about, the first half of Truth to Ponder on this episode, is the thing that all of this disinformation and insanity brings in. And that's despair, depression, and just a very bad sense of hopelessness. I'm going to tell you a couple stories, and they're true. They've happened to me. So these are very personal stories. But I'm starting to do a little research into what has happened to me, and I'm finding out that it's epidemic. And so I'm asking people a certain question. I'm asking them this. Are you noticing in your friends, family, co-workers, or anybody that you're socially involved with, are you noticing more depression and suicidal thoughts? Almost everyone I've asked that question says yes. And I think that's part of this great reset that you will own nothing and be happy. They're trying to break our will. They're trying to break the will of our Canadian brothers and sisters up north. They're trying to break the will of our Australians and people from New Zealand. And speaking of New Zealand, I made a comment about their prime minister that I'd seen some videos and pictures of her doing drugs. And I had a listener from New Zealand said that those pictures were all faked. Well, they were very good fakes, and if they were fakes, it got me. So I want to publicly thank the listener for pointing out that I could have been duped on that one. But I will stand on this with the Prime Minister of New Zealand. She is a tyrant, as are most of the leaders in the whole world right now. And all this tyranny, all of these lockdowns and the segregation and the bullying and everything that's happening is leading to horrible depression. Now, I promised I'd give you some stories that are happening in my life. The first one is that Mel does a business, and she does a lot of it online. And through her business, we've met a young woman with children. She's got several small children. I'm not going to say names or where she lives or anything about her. I'm just going to tell you that she's very depressed and very lonely. She has no family. Her in-laws mistreat her horribly. Unfortunately, she's in a very abusive marriage, both physically and mentally and verbally. And this young woman has never had what I would consider a traditional type of a family around her. And just through God intervening, he's put this young woman in our lives. 
And this young woman is so lonely and so desperate. And she lives over a thousand miles away, I will add. She has no one to turn to. She lives in a city that has several million people. But she is so desperately lonely, she might as well be on Saturn or on Mars by herself. She does her best to raise her children, but she has to fight all sorts of depression. And I'm a pretty good judge of character. I know when I'm being played, and I I know when someone is just out for, let's say, a pity party. I understand that there are people like that out there. This woman is very strong-willed, very strong, but she doesn't know it. But over the last couple of weeks, we've spent right around eight or nine hours every day in contact with this young woman. And every time that we hang up the phone or we quit messaging or texting, it isn't but five or ten minutes later that this young woman contacts us again. Now, most people would say, gosh, that would be quite a nuisance, but I don't think it is because God put her in our life. And just last night, she sent us a beautiful text message and thanked us for being there for her and said for the first time in her life, she knew what family was really all about. And she also said for the first time in months, she was depression free. And so God is leading people into my life, and also in Mel's life, for us to be there, just for them to vent, to be there for an ear to listen, and also for us to support these people. So I know there's lots of loneliness out there, and it's really bad in our younger population. And another true story that just happened Two days ago, there was a delivery driver, I'm not going to say what company he works for, stopped in. Well, actually, he drove back and forth in front of the house like he was lost. Of course, we live out in the country. And he finally pulled in the driveway, and he stepped out of his vehicle. And I didn't really notice anything about him unusual at first, because it's been, the wind chill here has been like 30 degrees below zero. And I was out feeding cows one bale at a time with the little bales you have to carry yourself out there breaking the bales up in the pasture one bale at a time all by myself, which I think keeps me in good shape, but it was awful cold. So I was preoccupied with just how cold I was. I didn't notice this young man, what condition he was in. And he handed me the package and his hand was shaking horribly. Then I looked at him. I have never seen a young man, and I guess him to be around 30 years of age, I've never seen a young man so broken. This young man at that point was a very broken person. And tears started coming down his face. Now keep in mind, this is a delivery man that stopped to deliver me a package. And he was trembling. He was shaking, and he said, I'm very sorry. He said, I just I just saved my best friend because he was committing suicide. And I said, oh, that's horrible. I said, you've been through a very traumatic experience. I said, I can see that, you know, you're really 
really shook up over this. I said, you need to stop for a little while and we need to do something to get you pulled together so, you know, you can actually even drive. And he looked at me and said, can we pray? I said, yes, we can pray. And this young man told me, he said, I'm a new Christian. He said, I'm a recovering addict. He said, you name it, I've been addicted to it. All but acid. Everything else you can possibly imagine, he's addicted to. And he said that God came into his life a year and a half ago and has taken that addiction away from him, even though he still struggles with it mentally. He's no longer a user. And he said, this has me so stressed, I'm afraid I'm going to relapse. And I could tell by how stressed he was that I was afraid of the same thing. And he apologized again, and I said, no, 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 young man. I said, God brought you to me today. I know that God has his hand in this. And we talked, and he calmed down, and he gave me a great big hug, and he said, thank you. He said, thank you so much for, for caring. And I said, well, God puts you here, and I'm just being obedient to God. I, you know, he puts you in my life for me to do something. And so before he left, we arranged a Bible study that we're going to start together. And I've contacted him since. And now he calls me his brother. He's introduced me to his mom and dad over the phone. And I am very special in this young man's life. And he can't wait for us to start our Bible study. Now think about it. Here I am, a 60-year-old guy, out on the ranch, haven't shaved, out in my work clothes, 30 below zero wind chill, young man that should have his whole life ahead of him and a whole bunch of friends, shows up in my yard, and he looks at me and says, God, I'm so lonely. And that just broke my heart. We have such an epidemic right now. Because of all of the tyranny and all of the, just the evil, what are they doing to our kids? What are they doing to our young people in this country and all over the world? And there's two more I could tell you about. They're not as drastic as the first two. But I have people coming to me that are so lonely. And we're not of the same generation. As far as I know, the only thing we really have in common is that we're fellow human beings and we're Christians. But God is intervening right now in these young people's lives. And God is doing his best for them to seek out the right people. And it breaks my heart that we're living in a world right now with so much hopelessness and so much pain. And so I thank God for bringing those young people into my life. Because I was put here for a reason. And when I was a young man, I was about 13 or 14 years old. And in this part of the world, when you're 13 and 14, 
if you have to drive somewhere to fix fence in the pasture, you just drove. I started driving as soon as I could look over the dash and could see through the windshield, I was driving. And so it was nothing for me to drive on the county road about 30 miles up to a pasture. We had cows and and fixed fence. That was just normal around here. And I went to fix fence. There was this old man. And this old man was a friend of my grandfather's. And my grandfather died before I was born, so I didn't ever know my grandfather. But this man did. And so I really love this old man because he kind of represented my grandfather. Even though I didn't see him very often, I knew that he was my grandfather's best friend. And that was enough for me. Well, he was about 85 or 90 years old. And he was out on his fence line fixing fence. And he had a whole house full of young people in their 20s and 30s that had moved in on him that claimed they were his relation. I don't know if they were or not. It was one of those things that you think is, let's say, a little suspicious. But his feet were so swollen, and his feet were just as red as beets, and they needed to be amputated because you could tell that he was diabetic. You could tell that his system was failing. And he had no business being out of bed, let alone up on a fence line digging holes for fence posts at his age, especially in very hot summer weather with no clouds, no wind. Anyway, I said, Clarence, you go go to your pickup and, and I'm going to do your fence for you. I'd already finished mine. So I spent the rest of the afternoon fixing his fence. And he watched me and we visited. And I said, well, Clarence, I'm really glad I, I was here today. I'm really glad I saw you out here. The old man looked at me and said, God puts you on this earth for a purpose. And that's to help people. He said, don't you forget it, boy. And I said, no, Clarence, I'll never forget that. And I never have. And so God has used me a lot in my life to be an encourager. And sometimes the encouragers need to be encouraged. Now, thankfully, I don't suffer from any depression or the blues or whatever you want to call it. Not very often. Because I stay really plugged in to where my strength is, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. We're never alone. As a lot of people know that I was a professional musician for years. And there's this song called, You'll Never Walk Alone. And it's a song that I actually sing in my concerts. And I truly believe that. And so, I know there's people listening to this episode of Truth to Ponder who are depressed. Because it's so rampant out there right now. It's everywhere. It's epidemic. And so I want to talk to the people who are depressed. You're not alone. You do have a very loving God and Savior who loves you very much. And there is a reason you're here on this planet at this time. You are ordained to be here by God or you would not be here. If you are hurting, please seek out people that have a big heart people who will listen, people who will honestly care and help you through your situation. 
If you're contemplating hurting yourself or worse, please seek help. I've had three people this week tell me that within the last year or two, they've attempted suicide. They've told me that flat out. I've never had anything like this happen to me in my life. I've had people tell me that before, and I've had people that were hurting that came to me before, but not like right now. It seems like every morning I wake up and there's another person put in my life. And so I thank God that God is doing that. And I'm awful busy here on the ranch, and I'm awful busy recording. And like right now, I'm taking time to help my friend Bob Beerman by co-hosting Truth to Ponder. Because I love Bob Beerman, and Bob Beerman is a very, very great man. And he follows God. He hears from God and he obeys. And I hear from God and I obey. And I'm helping Bob in the same way that I help people that ask me for help. And I think everyone needs to get that spirit that they will help. But going back to the epidemic of emotional problems we have right now, it seems like it's on purpose. It seems like there's a psychological operation that's in place to take us away from ourselves, if that makes sense to you. I hope it does. They're trying to take you away from you. They're trying to take me away from me. They're trying to isolate us, make us who we're not, give us thoughts that are not ours. And if we dare question that, we're labeled a terrorist, or we're shunned or canceled. And just like the oscillation or feedback in a microphone, it feeds on itself. And it does nothing but get worse. And in the case of a microphone, it'll get worse until you unplug that microphone or turn the volume down. But something has to happen for that oscillation to cease. And as a society right now, we're in a place where the oscillation is almost deafening. The feedback is almost deafening because of all the depression and all the despair and hopelessness. And it feeds upon itself. And so if you can be an agent of change, to change one person's life and break that circle of oscillation and feedback and turn the volume down, so to speak, or unplug the microphone from what's causing the oscillation. If we can do that in people's lives and help them, then I think that we're doing the will of Almighty God because He put us on this earth for a reason. I happen to know my reason. God has told me that I'm here to help people, and he told me that I'm an encourager. So that's what I do. And if you don't know why God has you on this earth, just simply pray and ask God, why am I here? What is my purpose? What purpose do I have in your kingdom? And God will answer you if you listen. And then you need to be obedient. And follow what God's telling you. 
The second half of the show, I'm going to be talking about homeschooling. Because an awful lot has come to light since my last program, where I mentioned all the bullying, things are even getting worse in certain places. And so the next half of the show, I'm going to focus almost entirely on homeschooling. But before the break, I want to say one more time, please keep your eyes open and your ears open. And if you see someone or hear someone who's hurting, take the time. Be part of the solution. Don't turn and look the other way and say, well, it's not my friend, not my brother, not my kid. Don't do that. Show your human compassion and do the right thing. And after this break, I'll be right back. Thank you, Jim. And Jim, we'll be right back in just a few moments. Before we go to the break, I want to just take a couple of moments here. Quick updates. Transmitter Project moving along, still waiting for a few materials ordered about uh, four weeks ago or so. They should be here in the next two, two and a half weeks. Transmitter's actually been on the air occasionally in test mode. So I'm, I'm really excited about all the progress that has been made to date. Now, when Jim comes back, I know he'll be spending some time talking about getting our children out of the public indoctrination centers, which we call public schools. And I hope that you'll take the time to listen and share this particular program with all of your friends. There's a lot of people listening on shortwave, a lot of people listening as a podcast. The program is growing. By the way, I've had some nice correspondence out of Delta, Utah. Thank you so much for taking the time to write. Now, tomorrow on the program, I hope, if things work uh, according to plan, I hope to have the Reverend Dr. Timothy Gales back on, at least for, for part of the program, trying to line up also another friend of the program, George Christensen from down in Australia. And looks to be an exciting couple of programs coming up. If you believe in the work we're doing, would you consider helping us pay for the airtime? If you make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio, that's Ancient Word Radio. Our mailing address is Truth to Ponder, and that is Highway, make that 5753, Highway 85 North, number 3248. That's 5753, Highway 85 North, number 3248. The city is Crestview, one word, Crestview, Florida. And the zip code in Crestview, Florida is 32536. That zip code again is 32536. And we will be right back. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. It's only snow. Coming up, Shalom Alechem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Khan, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out. I'm receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. In Psalm 37, it says, don't fret. One of the secrets of abundant life is don't worry. Well, I had a friend, true story, who had a, who had a father with a heart condition. He, it snowed. He went out. He felt he had to shovel it all away. He started doing it, got a heart attack and died. Many people die shoveling snow. And yet in a few days, it's all gone anyway. It's just water. It's a temporary formation of water. It's going to melt and vanish. Why die from it? Why burden yourself over snow that's going to melt away anyway? 
It's obvious. Well, but we burden ourselves with snow shoveling every day, even in the summer. See, the enemy is always dishing out problems, issues and burdens and dangers and threats and irritations and frustrations and things to make you lose your peace, things to, to get burdened by. And we get all wrapped up in it. We get all burdened down and they take away our peace and our joy, maybe even our well-being in God. But the point is, it's just like the one who is burdening himself with shoveling snow. All these problems in the end are only snow. They're temporary arrangements which are going to fade away. They're going to melt. It looks real, but in the end, for the child of God, it's only snow. So don't panic. Don't react. Don't lose your peace. Don't get all wrapped up in that snow. In a short time, it's going to melt. That problem's going to melt away. And don't let that which is going to melt away kill you. Give it to God. It's going to melt anyway. Remember, God remains, but that problem, it's only snow. Want more? Ask for fret busting. How to get overcome worry. Now, how often do you get offered something that's going to, could change your life? Well, here goes right now. Sapphires and guaranteed to help give you victory and a walk of joy. And also the incredible mystery of the temple doors. You'll love it. You get a free subscription to Sapphires and you get the free cassette. It's priceless. It's free. How do you get it? Easy. Just remember Jesus is a real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. So. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1 to receive your free gifts. You will be blessed, but call now. It's 1-800-YESHUA-1. I invite you to join me in bringing salvation back to God's ancient nation, Israel, and all the unreached peoples on five continents. It's amazing. Imagine you could cover this planet with salvation. Well, you can. In shortwave radio, it's the farthest way you can ever spread the gospel. How to be part? Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Now you can write me direct. Here's how. It's right to the nice Jewish boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Nice Jewish boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, don't sweat it, my friend. Peace be to you and Messiah, Sar Shalom, the Prince of Peace. Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Welcome to part two of Truth to Ponder. I'm Jim Calhoun, guest hosting today, sitting in for Bob Bierman. And Bob will be back tomorrow with another great edition of Truth to Ponder. Last week when I guest hosted the show, I talked about bullying. And I kind of touched on pulling the kids out of school and homeschooling. Well, I'm going to get a lot stronger in this half of the program. I want to mention something that I'm not going to tell you what region of the country. I'm not going to tell you where this is at all. But it's coming to my attention that there's an awful lot of things happening all over this country that I can't even fathom. And I'm finding out that one of the things that this new woke culture and this cult of death and the Great Reset and Globalist Bunch, they think a lot more devious than I'm capable of. And they think of more evil than I can even imagine. And so we're operating in a zone that I can't even hardly comprehend. Just the evilness and the deception and the lies. But I've finally concluded that I really do believe that the end result of all these globalists and Satanists, the people that are marching to the spirit of Antichrist, 
They have one goal, and that's they want our children. It seems like every institution out there of higher learning is being inundated with a curriculum that can do nothing but harm the children or take the children, at least mentally and emotionally, away from their parents. They're teaching things in schools that are not true. They're teaching things at school that should never be taught in a school. They're teaching kids as young as 10 that they're not who they are. They're telling the little boys that they're little girls and vice versa. They're telling 8th graders how to do all sorts of homosexual acts. And the books are very graphic. School libraries are carrying books on how to conjure up demons and the worship of Satan. I'm not saying every school, but a whole bunch of them are. Then you have the more public things like the critical race theory, which is absolutely stupid. They're teaching it as fact, even though it's called a theory. So the institutions of higher learning are so stupid they don't know the difference between a theory and a fact. So they're teaching this theory, basically that all white people are racist, that all white people are bad, and they try to get white people to say they're ashamed of being white, and get the little white kids to apologize for being white, and it's, it's not good. There is no ethnic group that should be singled out and humiliated like what this group of woke people are doing. But the reason they're doing that is to destroy our society. They're trying to take us away from ourselves, like I said in the first part of the show, and they're trying to take the kids away from us, at least mentally. And if you have a whole population of broken people that don't have the right facts, they were taught everything was wrong, to where they can't reason and make good decisions, they're very easy to enslave, very easy to control. A very simple example is if I thought 1 plus 1 was 3 and 4 plus 4 was 2, and I had that in my head, and I became an electrical engineer or a structural engineer or a mathematician or a scientist of any type that used math, just those two little inaccuracies would make almost everything that I would design flawed. Nothing I would design would work. They'd all be based on a lie. You can't base things on a lie and get the truth out of it. And so we have our children are being taught all sorts of horrible things. And a lot of kids are being bullied, like I said last week. They're being singled out. And if you love your country, then you're singled out again as being selfish or a terrorist or something. Now, I read a story that the governor of New Mexico has called out the National Guard to send guardsmen into the classrooms because so many teachers are out sick, supposedly with COVID-19. And so these National Guardsmen are coming in. And the example that was given to me 
a 26-year-old woman who is in the National Guard who has a GED, but she dropped out of high school and has no credentials for being a teacher. And she asked the students, who I believe were around 12, to name the capital of New Mexico. And one little boy raised his hand and said, Santa Fe. And apparently the teacher, who was wearing a sidearm and in full military dress, corrected this student and said, everyone knows that Albuquerque is the capital of New Mexico. You're wrong. So the other children in the class raised their hand to correct her, and she got mad and made all of the students repeat after her that Albuquerque was the state capital of New Mexico, when in fact the kids were right. It's Santa Fe. I wasn't there, and I didn't see a video, but I read an account. So I can't verify this story, but I'm hearing so many stories similar to this that our kids are just being taken for granted. As long as they're sitting in that schoolroom, it doesn't matter who's teaching them or what they're being taught. And it seems like that across the board, they're trying to teach our children lies. And the end result of that is not a stronger society and not a stronger country. And before you say, well, these people are just all stupid. They shouldn't be doing that. They're just stupid. No, I don't think they're stupid. I think it's planned. I think these people want to hurt our children. I think they really do want to dumb us down to the point where we cannot resist their tyranny. And so that brings me to where I really want to go this half of Truth to Ponder. There's lots of questions that come up for homeschoolers. First question, well, what makes you qualified to teach your kid? The answer, I'm already my child's teacher. I taught my child how to walk and talk and eat and dress themselves and how to behave. I potty trained them. I think I'm already their teacher. Oh, but you can't teach him anything else because you don't know what you're doing. You don't have a certificate. And to that, you just have to look at him and say, I teach my children with love and with truth. And just those two ingredients, teaching and love and teaching the truth, does more for your child than any certificate you can hang on your wall. The next thing you're going to hear is, what about socialization? You have to look at them and say, well, what about it? Well, how are your kids going to get socialized? Well, there's all kinds of socialization. What kind of socialization are you talking about? There's a type of socialization that says that you're a misfit and says that you're the odd person in the school and that back in my day they said you had cooties and so they'd leave them alone. Kids have always been mean. They always will be but now it seems to be institutionalized. So there's all kinds of socialization. There's good socialization and bad socialization. I guess I'll have to say right here, if you decide that you're going to homeschool your child, don't let anybody talk you out of it. And all these people that have this criticism of you have never homeschooled, and all of these people would sacrifice their lovely child to the system. They would put their child on the altar of the New World Order and the critical race theory. They would throw their children like 
throwing meat to wolves. They may not realize it. They may not see it that way. But for some reason, there's a stigma about homeschooling. Oh, you're going to homeschool your kid? Ew. Stay away from people like that. Because people like that don't have ears to hear or eyes to see. And so you don't even want their opinion. Just move on. But getting back to the socialization, there are so many things you can do with your child. There's church groups, dance schools, groups that get together to promote a hobby. There's organized sports. They're just playing with kids in the neighborhood. Also, different homeschooling families can get together and have a loose-knit confederation, so to speak, and have their kids have play dates and get together and have homeschool sporting events and field trips. So don't worry about that socialization. You'll take care of that, and your child will be just fine. And you might say, well, what about curriculum? There's so many people have developed great curriculum out there right now that all you have to do is search out homeschool curriculum on your computer and you'll find a whole world you may not knew existed of very good companies that were founded and are still administered by very good educators. And so there's lots of high quality material out there. But I'm really afraid for our children. I think that our children are being taught the wrong things. And I think anytime you teach a child that one plus one is three, no, I'm just saying this in, you know, figuratively or theoretically. If you're going to teach some kid math that's wrong, then everyone would agree that that's wrong. So why would it be less wrong to teach history wrong or science wrong? What I'm trying to say is, is that it's more obvious when you teach math wrong, because everyone knows one plus one is two. But not everyone knows that a baby inside the womb of its mother is a living being. Lots of people think it's a bunch of goo. It's not alive. Well, if it's not alive, just answer one question. Why do you have to kill it? It's not alive. What's the worry? You don't have to kill it if it's not alive. And then you have the crowd that says, follow the science. If you hear that from someone, just turn and walk away. Because these people are only following science they agree with or political science. Because if you give them real science, if you stop and engage them and give them real facts, real figures, real studies from real doctors and real scientists, they'll get mad. And they'll storm off anyway. So you can't win. So if someone comes up and says, follow the science, or I follow the science, say, good for you. Glad to hear it. And just walk on. Because we've really hit that point in history, I do believe, where the sheep are being very much separated from the goats. And these woke people are segregating like mad. But I also think that God is doing some canceling of his own. He's doing some segregating of his own. And he's bringing his remnant together. I know a lot of people think that everyone should be saved. 
And while that's a very noble idea, it's not very biblical. Because the Bible openly talks about those who don't have eyes to see or ears to hear. And if you think God is going to save everyone, just simply go back to Noah. How many people on the whole earth did God save when the great flood came? Not very many. I'm not saying that God doesn't care. I'm not saying he's not a loving God. I'm just saying that God is well aware that some people will choose not to be saved. Some people will choose to not look towards him and acknowledge him. And although our God is a loving God, he's also a righteous God, and he's just. So there are those people out there that will never see what you're doing is for the benefit of your child. And if you tell them, they'll never hear the reasons why you are going to homeschool your child. And so you're not homeschooling your children for your neighbor's opinion or your in-law's opinion or your family's opinion in general. You're homeschooling your child because you love your child. That's the ultimate reason. But if you love God and want to bring your children up to also love God and know the power of prayer and everything that goes with being a believer, then they have to be taught that. Because in the schools, even in some of the Christian schools that call themselves Christian schools, don't teach about the love of God. I know that for a fact. And the same goes for your country. If you're a patriot and you love your country, well, you're being part of the solution by homeschooling your child. Because in the schools, your children are being taught that they're bad because of one thing or another. Maybe your child is white, so your child is bad. Or maybe your child is black and you happen to be a conservative family. Then you're not really black, are you? You see what I'm trying to say? If you want to bring your child up in the way that you want your child to be brought up, do it yourself. There's an old saying that says, if it is to be, it's up to me. And I think that's what all homeschooling families have to get their head around. There's no one-size-fits-all solution. There's nothing out there that you can push a button and your kid is perfect and knows everything. And Homeschooling is hard. And kids like to play hooky from homeschool, too. When kids don't feel like doing homework in public school, believe me, they can feel like not doing homework at homeschool, too. You have the same type of disciplinary things you have to do. You have to follow some rules, set some guidelines. You have to sometimes be heavy-handed with your kids, put your foot down and really mean what you say and say what you mean, and make sure the kids do what they're told to where you're the parent and they're the child and they know that that's the arrangement. So there's lots of things that you have to do to homeschool to make it really work as good as it can. But if you have a traditional family structure, especially if you have two parents in the home, which you should, a lot of people don't have that luxury, well, then it should be a lot easier to homeschool. Now, what makes homeschooling difficult for lots of people is that there are a lot of single parents out there. So if you're a single parent and say, well, I have to work, so how can I homeschool? Well, I'm going to tell you it's tough. But you can homeschool 
several different ways. Number one, you can treat it like an extra job, like you're working a double shift. And after you get home from work, that's when your school starts. Just because public school starts at 9 o'clock or 8.30 in the morning doesn't mean that your school has to. Your school can start 6 o'clock every evening. The public school might have your kids for 6 to 8 hours. You don't have to do that. You can teach your children for 3 or 4 hours a night and actually be way ahead in learning than if your child was in a public school setting at 8 hours because your child has a private tutor so they don't have to sit there and guess. They can ask. Whereas in public schools, sometimes they don't have that option to ask as many questions as they want to ask because the teacher has to divide their time between a whole classroom. So it is possible. And if you have a real great paying job and you're making lots of money and you're a single parent, hire a private tutor. Have them teach in your home. But I'd have them teach during the hours that you were at home. So again, if you get home at 6 o'clock, have the private teacher show up at 6 o'clock. You can unwind a little bit and just sit back and listen to the lesson and have someone else teach your children. Or you can gather with other like-minded people and hire a teacher and have the teacher teach the children from several families at once and kind of create your own school that way. So there's lots of things that can happen. But I really think that every child deserves to have the chance to get a good education. And every child needs to be loved. And every child needs to be respected. And only through homeschooling can your child get the love and respect that your child needs. And only through homeschooling can a child get an education that is free from bullying, free from indoctrination, and free from all the horrible socialization that's going on in the schools right now, such as drug abuse and things like that. Your home school can be a school with no drug abuse, a school with no violence, a school with no bullying, a school where the students actually are learning. That's what kind of school you can have. But you have to make up your mind to have that school. Like I said in the first half of the program, I was put on this earth to encourage people. And so I encourage you, please homeschool your children or homeschool your grandchildren. Make it work because it's up to you how your child is going to turn out. Because it's up to you to see that your child is well cared for, loved, and educated. Well, this hour always goes by so fast, and I really do appreciate Bob Bierman allowing me to come in and guest host on Truth to Ponder. Truth to Ponder, I think, is a very worthwhile ministry. I think it's a very worthwhile news program. And I think Bob Bierman is one of the best out there. And I love to listen to Bob Bierman and his show. And I'm very honored that Bob has the confidence in me to allow me to, to sit behind this microphone and visit with you once in a while. And I can't wait for the next time for me to get behind this microphone and share some more opinions and maybe rant a little bit. 
But I really appreciate all the listeners who contacted me and have contacted Bob. We really appreciate it. So I'm going to conclude my part of the show and thank Bob Beerman once again for having me guest host. And until I come back on this microphone, everyone out there, please keep an eye out for people who are hurting and please protect the children. And until next time, stay strong, stay well, stay resolute, and most of all, replace fear with faith. I don't know about you, but I think that that Jim Calhoun does an absolutely outstanding job filling in for me once a week here on Truth to Ponder. And if you'd like to get a hold of Jim, you can actually email me and I'll make sure that he gets your email. Now, my email address is very simple, bob at truth2ponder.com. That is bob at truth2ponder.com. And of course, Jim will be back again next week. Tomorrow, I'm expecting the Reverend Dr. Timothy Gales on part of the program. Also, I expect George Christensen from Down Under in Australia to give an update on what is happening in that part of the world. A lot of news going on, hard to keep track of, but let's not forget some of the other important things that have been pushed off the front page of the news. You don't see it as the major stories anymore, but they are still extremely, extremely important stories. Now, if you believe in the work we're doing, by the way, our mailing address, you can even, I'll get correspondence uh, to Jim if you send it to our regular mailing address. If you believe in the work that we're doing here at Truth to Ponder, to be on shortwave radio, to be on domestic radio, to be as a podcast, if you believe in this work, would you help us pay for the airtime? That's where the greatest growth has been of late, in shortwave airtime. And those bills come due every month, and you have been so faithful, and I thank you from the bottom of my heart that I've never had to, well, not be able to pay. If you believe in the work that we're doing, would you consider helping us with the airtime? If you can, and if you would, simply make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio. That's Ancient Word Radio. That's our parent. And you can mail it to Truth to Ponder, 5753. Highway 85 North, 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. That's number 3248, our secure box, 3248. And we are in the city of Crestview. That is Crestview, one word, Crestview, Florida. And the zip code is 32536. That zip code again is 32536. We thank you in advance for all that you do for this radio ministry. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.